Good afternoon, RJ Might. Welcome on VH Berries. Oh, thank you for having me. You are a very rare artist on the outside um, because you had a very vital impact on the entertainment industry and also in the inside. Um, the same word, but to qualify the pivotal uh, period of your adolescence. Yeah, I'm, I definitely, definitely have had some vital things happen to me in my life. <laughs> That's right, because when you started recording the Breaking Bad series, you were 13 years old. And when it ended, you were a young adult. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I shot that show. I started auditioning when I was like 13, 14 and finished it when I was 20, turning 21. Um, yeah, I... I been working my whole life. I started working at a very young age, um, doing menial labor, and then uh, started acting and auditioning and really changed who I am and, and what I do and the opportunities that come before me and everyone around me. So it's really one of those things that really altered my life. And I'm very lucky for that. And if I can reuse this word pivotal, they are two women that play this very important role. There is your mother, uh, Dina, and there is your uh, young sister, um, yeah. La Sienne, Le, uh, yeah. which was uh, noticed uh, in a public space. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they definitely really pushed me and, and made me grow, um, you know. Not a lot of people know, but my mother was in a, a car accident and partially paralyzed for about seven years when I was around 11, 12 years old. And uh, my sister was a baby. She was only a couple months old at the time. So I really had to um, to to take responsibilities. My, my Her father wasn't there and, and um, really kind of just were on our own for a very long time and, and had to do what was necessary to survive. And you grew up between two particular and two different regions. Yeah. Uh, so I, I grew up between like Texas and Louisiana. My my parents divorced when I was two months old. Um, and it kind of split me between Texas and Louisiana um, during the times. And I spent a lot of time with my grandparents for the first um, first I don't know, first decade of my life. Um, and, and so I was kind of always on the road and always growing and looking for work and, um, never, I've, I've never lived in the longest I've ever been in one place was three years in my entire life. I've never really had a steady home. So it's kind of been interesting over the last couple of years to, with COVID actually having a steady environment at the age of 30, um, uh, which is weird, but I think we're probably going to be moving again very soon. No way, <laughs> because um, you said that you were always on the road, but I thought that you would uh, uh, finally uh, set home in uh, this town called uh, Bronxville in Texas, yeah. which is just next to um, Matamoros, Mexico. Yeah, actually, where, where I'm at is like two blocks away from Mexico. Um, no, I, I, I definitely set home here for a while, um, but it's kind of my project here I've been working on for about six years now is coming to a close. I've been doing a, a community development project and wrapping that up and thinking about moving somewhere else.
So I don't, I don't know yet. I don't know where yet, but um, but I'll be going somewhere. And RJ Mitty, one thing that I know for sure is that whether it's Texas or another place, you have to be next to a lake to be able to fish. Yeah, yeah. Well, I try. I'll try. I, I actually have a, a lake in my backyard now, so I'm really going to miss that. Fishing is at the core of uh, your passions and of your personality, uh, dear Mitty, because your uncle uh, was actually a fisherman. Yeah, so um, actually, my uncle and me, we had a boat together in the Bassmaster Elite Series, which is a very big fishing tournament. And um, I grew up um, with outdoor sports my whole life and, and really is a big core value in me of being able to 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 fish and and to gather and to hunt my own my own stuff it's something that i i prefer over the store so <laughs> it's it's definitely one of those things that i think we all need to have these skills in our lives and 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 life skills that aren't part of technology that we live in now where where it's it's people go gathering and it's really just called uber eats Um, but actually be in the wilderness and, and enjoy nature and be a part of nature is something that I'm, I'm a big um, believer in. And I try to immerse myself into as much um, of an environment as possible, be it urban or rural. And Erjimiri, in this urban and rural combination, there is the technology that, just, that, that you just mentioned that can be bad sometimes, but very useful when it comes to the uh, fishing stick because they can have some technology to um, operate and know exactly where are the fishes. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, we have a boat right now, One, my uncle's boat in the Bassmaster series. We have GPS, we have radar, we have everything. We know where the fish are before the fish know where they are, which is which is pretty <laughs> wild to me to, to see see the technology we evolved. I mean, we're talking like a $150,000 boat um, with with technology that the boat the boat goes like 100 miles an hour on the water and And it's one of those things where it's part of a race as well as a fishing tournament. And um, it's, it's really interesting just to see the evolution of where we're at today when it comes to technology and how it impacts our lives on a daily basis. I really think that people couldn't live without it if it got taken away right now. In definitive, your weeks, months, and your uh, career and life Um, can be summarized as an adventure. And to come back to the very early days, I mentioned your sister because um, an agent, a person working in the uh, uh, cinema industry actually saw her when she was only a year and a half yeah. uh, and decided to cast her for a very special campaign. Yeah, so when um I was when when I was around 11, 12 years old, my sister was around one, one and a half. We were uh, <laughs> we were at a water park, and an agent saw her there, and was like, "Oh my god, we would love to use her for a Luso Ball camp campaign." <laughs> and um, we we're like, "Okay, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, what what's happening?" And she's like, I, "I'm an agent. I'm based in California. I'm here on a, a family retreat." And I'm in the middle of casting uh, a Lucille Ball campaign. And, and 
my sister has bright red hair and, and looked like a baby Lusa ball. And um, we were like, okay, well, well, here's our information. Let's send us the info. And we're going to kind of keep doing our thing and you do your thing. And next day she sent over the information and was like, it was a real audition. It was for Universal at Universal Studios. And uh, it kind of changed our lives because we went there. We're like, okay, it's like a free a free vacation. They're going to pay for us to live there for a couple of months. And she's going to go do this campaign. And we're just going to go to Universal every day. And, and that's what we did for, for a month or so. And when I was out there, I started auditioning as well. Because um, if you move to Los Angeles and you don't go to school, you don't join a gang, and you don't act... You're not really going to make friends. So I started acting to meet kids my own age. And I was on shows like Hannah Montana, Everybody Hates Chris, Weed, Seventh Heaven. Um, I was on like 14 different shows and movies as an extra. And I recommend to everyone that wants to get into the acting industry, uh, if you're trying to get into it, a great way to test if you even like it, because it's kind of a miserable job sometimes, Um to to try being an extra go out and audition as an extra and spend that 16 hours on the set doing nothing and uh (laughs) but but learning and uh so i did that and about uh, a couple of years later a year and a half later i started auditioning for breaking bad and when i auditioned for the show i auditioned five times four in los angeles and once in new mexico and uh and apparently they liked me because they hired me and I was around 13, 14 at the time, um, and it changed my life. It gave me the opportunities that I, I'm able to grow from and learn with and and uh, and help impact others with. So That's beautiful, RG Might. Uh, and uh, you are always, uh, as you just mentioned, learning and always trying new things. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to always... You always have to push yourself to the next level, no matter how it may affect you or others around you, because um, it's so important to continue to grow and to not be stagnant. There's so many times in my life where I've chose to do nothing and years go by and, and I'm a very patient person, so I can outwait. I can I can wait for months, years even, um, but others cannot. And the impact that causes is actually greater than the impact on you. Um, so it's always important to put yourself out there and, and to never be stagnant and to just grow and, uh, to, to be an adventure. I, I'm a very adventurous person. I like to go out and, and experience things that, that not many people get to see or do. And, um, and so it gave me that opportunity to do so. And you just mentioned uh, one of your uh, greatest uh, role uh, in casting in the series uh, Breaking Bad. Um, because your character is named uh, Walter White Jr. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he also uh, has uh, some disability. So, um, yeah, no, yeah, no, definitely. We definitely have a, a common point when it comes to the way that my life went and his life went and very and and very, more more similar than i like to admit when it comes to my life and what happened on breaking bad but um you know when i first started auditioning for the show 
the breakdown was dark hair, big eyebrows, and mild cerebral palsy. And I was like, I have all three of those things. This is my job. And uh, I went in and just did my best and, and really believed in it. And, you know, it's something that's so um, important to show diversity and disability on the on the on the camera <clears throat> excuse me but um i i think one of the big things is that we hadn't seen a lot of characters with disabilities in the mainstream media before and that this character wasn't just a character with a disability but just a person trying to live his life and that's something that's so unique um when it comes to seeing people with disabilities because mostly on camera and always on camera uh they're the forefront of the disabled character you know they're always the person that is like oh he's challenged or he's angry or he's this but in the case of Walt Jr he was just a king he was just a teen he was just a kid trying to live his life and yes he happened to have a disability but that wasn't the focal point of uh, who he was and what he did and that's something that is so unique when it comes to the mainstream media and and so special because that is what the essence of having a disability is it, you're not just some disabled person you're a person that's going through changes in your life lessons to learn and and things to overcome not the forefront of you is the disability but you as an individual, are the forefront. And we forget that. When we see someone with a disability, when we see someone in a wheelchair, we see the chair first and not the person. And when it comes down to is person first, always. And and who they are and, and what they do as you get to know them or, or what they appear to be, you, you learn about. And a lot of times, the perception of who someone is is, is more than just a glance. It's it, it's deeper than that, and when it comes to my work and, and when I do, I always try to create characters that are well-rounded and that believe in not just themselves, but the capabilities of who they are, and hopefully that always echoes through my work. And RG Midi, it's more uh, than a glance, um, because... Um, through this very powerful figure and character, um, you are also uh, giving, um, as you just mentioned, uh, uh, to all of these disabilities, a voice and a very powerful one because uh, the Breaking Bad series has been one of the, one of the most uh, popular of the uh, last decade and even today. Yeah, no, I uh, we're, we're so lucky to have had these this show this this impact of a show and and what this show means to so many people and it, and it still carries on you know we're in the smithsonian actually it's pretty wild to to think that that a tv show could be in in the american history museum but um but it's something that really carried over we we had a very lucky spot in 2006 to 2012 where social media and all these other platforms didn't exist and it was something that it was a raw material and an open space that that really um, was able to be cultivated. And and now it's it's very cookie cutter and, and formulaic, even more so than it was then. But with the type of show that we were, 
it shouldn't exist. Breaking Bad was one of those shows that no one really on the network side wanted it and, and wanted it to, they're like, they were very anti Breaking Bad in the beginning. And now everyone loves it and it still echoes today. You know, we had Better Call Saul, we had El Camino. Um, the series still lives on very much and that's something that's so unique and special to to what the show is and to what the show could have been. That's very interesting, this thought of saying that at the time, uh, the social media wasn't uh, really a thing because if uh, you had um, social media uh, that were as strong as today, I think that all the casts would have been followed by trillions of pe people. <laughs> no, 100%. The, the, whole, the whole thing would have been a very different different thing i don't think the show would have been as good as it was today if if we had that because so many people now alter tv fans and and things you have a show that you create and now they go to media and they completely alter it to make sure they fit the demographic of fans um no matter how no matter if it's good or not um so it, it's something that's very unique Um, so, so we were one of the last shows before social media that came out. So that's, that's something that I feel is, um, we're very lucky for. And RGBD, I think that we can refer, uh, this period as a golden age. And to come back to what you just mentioned, um, I think that, um, today is also a very interesting place. Uh, and I think that it's also better now, uh, especially in terms of the fight that you are um, pursuing um, as a, an activist? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I, think, I don't know about today is a better day for the fight. I think it's definitely a different war uh, that, that we wage um, when it comes to social media and the impact that we can have. We can definitely show things a lot, a lot more easily Uh, a lot more easier now than we did before when it came to mass media. Um, but I definitely think there's still a long way to go. And, um, you know, we made a lot of good progress along uh, over the years. And, and we've had some digression that has happened in different formats. But I, I definitely think we're making a big impact when it comes to raising the awareness of diversity and diversification in arts and media and, and the And then the ambassadors and the assets that we have that are pushing forward through the cause and, and through the thing to bring accurate representation, providing jobs for people with disabilities, and just providing opportunities for people is definitely um, grown exponentially um, over the last decade and and we've definitely made an impact and changed the world and it's just going to take time to see um for the better or worse what people do with the knowledge and the abilities that we have today um to provide other opportunities because um i've seen a lot of people get closed off now and isolated over the last three four years with with covid and everything else and just um the market has definitely changed the market has definitely changed. And uh, you just mentioned a very powerful couple words um, of uh, uh, this uh, pivotal period of your adolescence because you often say that um, 
in this adolescence, you also had some uh, bullying uh, because of uh, your um, cerebral palsy. This is the exact name yeah. of... Uh, cerebral palsy, yeah. So, I mean... I, I dealt with bullies. I still deal with bullies. Bullies, bully. Everyone deals with a bully. When they could be bosses, they could be friends. We all have bullies in our lives still today. Um, but I, I think it's so important to be able to show people that they don't have to accept the views and beliefs that other people place upon you. And and it's very hard. <clears throat> To do that, it's very hard to when people are calling you names or devaluing you or, or, or wanting to control who you are as an individual. Um, it's very hard to escape that. But, um, but it's so important to learn how to be yourself and to evolve and to grow in a way where you can, you can rise above the challenges that are faced in front of you. So many challenges we deal with on a daily basis, um, be it from strangers friends or family we all have things that we have to overcome and learn to grow with and i feel that people don't always realize um the impacts that they have on other people's lives and i think the biggest thing is is uh keep your eyes open and and realize that everything has consequences and and try to understand whatever actions that you take and how far you go um to learn from it and to, to realize um, what are those consequences in your actions? How do those affect the people and the people that you love around you? And to keep that in mind when you, when you live and you have a, um, when you're out in the public. And that's something that I'm always trying to be very conscious of um, being on a show like mine. And, and what I do is to, um, is to whoever I have, talk to or affect there's a there's a consequence or a positive um thing that may happen or from that but to always stay positive and always grow from it and roy frank to better uh, fight you have uh, to ask yourself a lot of question for example this question of where to move in a couple years uh, in a place next to a lake to be able to fish <laughs> but also very other essential question uh, concerning this involvement and advocacy yeah i mean you you have to figure out where you can have your base and where you feel the safest, safest you know There's so many times that, that people live in places that they don't always feel safe or comfortable and you kind of find where you feel that you can rest your head at night and, and you don't have to worry. Um, and I think it comes when it comes with advocacy is to, to figure out how and where you can get the best and, and, and biggest platform to help spread a message of positivity and joy and and being able to talk to people about overcoming adversities and growing past um, these stigmas and these labels that we like to place upon ourselves, um, which takes time. And you have to figure out that and try different places and go different ways. And I, I, I'm kind of always, wherever the wind blows me, I'll go. I might even be up in Canada in the next little bit. <laughs> This is an infinite spiral and a pulsion. Oh, very. It's, it's forever infinite and spiraling. I don't know if it's up or down, but one of the two.
And next to all of these fantastic projects, uh, RJ Miri, uh, you are uh, in the middle of uh, filming and producing and uh, on the release of an upcoming movie that, that is called Isaac. Yeah, so I've been working on Isaac for a little over a year now, and it's it's going to be really cool. It's it's we're still trying to wrap up last little bit of funding and 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 um, post production uh, work, but um but that's going to be coming out hopefully next year sometime. And I'm in the middle of actually working on three new movies um, <laughs> that that I have coming up. Um, I mean, all, all low budget films, nothing, nothing really crazy, but things that people believe in, um, things that um, are are very passionate about, and kind of growing. And one of those, one of those projects, I'm very excited about. And uh, I have um, a pretty big development project down here in Brownsville that I'm about to wrap up. I've been working on for about six, seven years now. And uh, and really happy about that and the impact that it's going to have across the valley and, and where I'm at down in Brownsville. Um, we're going to impact hundreds of thousands of people and um, and really just excited to to just continue to be able to push forward and um, have health. <laughs> Of course, having health is very important, and uh, you can also um, push uh, your message forward by, for example, choosing those uh, independent and, uh, as we mentioned, uh, smaller productions. But this last one are closer to the audience. Yes. Yeah. No. I mean, I think the biggest thing is is whatever you do, believe in it. You know, I, I believe in these projects. They're not they're not paying me. But uh, not paying me much, but uh, they, they're things that I believe in, things that I believe have messages and have, have subtleties that are important to every day. And, you know, this is the biggest thing for me is whatever I do and whatever I say, there's <clears throat> heart and meaning behind it. There's things that are important to me that I believe need to be told. And, and that's something that we should all carry with us in our daily lives is whatever it may be and and whatever you may be doing um do it with passion do it with love and and do it with the the greater vision of impact because you never know where you might be working or what you might be doing and how that might be helping someone or impacting someone's life for the better and that's something that we all have to carry ourselves with and and don't forget that because people see you now more than ever through social media, through your everyday life, people are aware of, of their surroundings and who they are and, and to who you are. And so whatever you may do or whatever you may see, just remember that it's it's going out into the world and it has an impact and a weight behind it that uh, could echo. And you know, can't is a decision. We choose to say can't. We choose that I can't do this or I can't do that. But that at the same time is a decision. And if you want to achieve a goal or something that you may believe in, um, go at it wholeheartedly. Everything is just a spiritual journey. And for example, those uh, smaller projects can allow you, for example, to uh, play with uh, your sister. So Alassian uh, Carrier, for example, in the movie Triumph. Yeah. So yeah, I, I try to put my sister in as many projects <laughs> as I can. Um, so that's always fun. 
Um, and yeah, Triumph is a great project. We're very happy about it. I've been working on that project for seven, eight years now, and it's it's definitely been a labor of love. And um, hopefully, it gets released one of these days. Archimedes, yes. what movies and series are you watching right now? Uh, what movies or series am I watching? Um, oof. Uh, oh my god, what did I just finish? I just finished a series the other day. <laughs> Actually, right now I'm watching, there's a One Piece movie on Netflix that I'm watching at the moment. Um, I just, um, finished a series, um, and I forget the name. It's about a young boy who loses his family and he's living alone. It's on Netflix, it's an anime. And, uh, and he's like living alone and the neighbors start, start, um, being there for him. And, and it was, it was cute. It was a cute little movie. But, um, I, I watch so much TV and movies. I'm, I'm always watching things and rewatching things. Uh, I just watched Riddick the other day, just watched The Green Knight the other day again. And, um, I'm always watching TV and, and films. I'll actually put multiple shows and movies on at once. Um, and watch like three or four movies and shows all at the same time. Um, and, uh, and so it varies depending on my mood, but, um, but, uh, but we'll see. I'm probably going to start watching Better Call Saul. It's the season finale now. So you just mentioned a very relevant point, uh, Netflix. Uh, these uh, streaming platforms because yeah. uh, if I'm correct um, the Breaking Bad uh, saga and series is now available on this platform so yeah. uh, it it can be like a sort of revivals um, well, what was cool, uh, a decade after yeah what was cool is we were actually one of the very first shows on Netflix um, when it all started switching over to streaming and that's something that like echoes you know it, it's it just <laughs> it kind of made piracy legal that's that's how I look at Netflix and Hulu and all these other stations it, it made piracy legal but at least you get paid a little bit but um But uh, it, it's pretty cool to see shows that are 20, 30 years old on these platforms that, that I grew up with and loved and, and able to rewatch them and, and to, to see them again at the tips of my fingers and not have to pull a VHS tape out or a DVD um, or, or get the bunny ears out. You know, it, it's pretty wild to see the technology when it comes to media that we're at. And just watching it on our phones and laptops and everything that we have the ability to watch it on, it's really cool to see media come to the forefront of, of where we are and our everyday life because it really is our everyday life is, is media. Um, we really don't live in the outside world anymore when it comes to a lot of our social um, interactions in mainstream society. A lot of it comes between the camera and... and Uh, movie and TV, and these are all forms of media outlets, and it's really amazing to see how this this media monster has grown. And RG Midi, through all of these uh, years uh, acting and being in front of uh, the camera, uh, what would be your uh, absolutely uh, best and craziest moments? Um, I have a bunch of them. I fell through a door one time, a glass door. I got <laughs> my scene, I get pushed out of a door and it sliced my hand open, which was pretty wild. And I just glued it back and kept filming. 
Um, <laughs> I've had some scenes where I've been thrown out of a window and um, other scenes where I've um, where I, I've been hung. I got hung from a tree one time, which was pretty wild. I've been I've been shot, uh, which was pretty wild. Um, I don't know. I, I've had some wild, wild moments on set and some, some really cool moments. And I, uh, I just enjoy being able to be a part of a, of a good crew and a fun production and a good story. And I, uh, I actually shot up a movie in Canada that's out right now called, um, oh my God, I just really blank. We shot up in Hamilton and, uh, it's called the, uh, the Oak Room. And then that was a lot of fun doing that and uh, being a part of that project. It was a great team and, and a really cool story. And it was kind of like a theater story brought to brought to screen. So that was very special. And something very special that uh, you just mentioned is this um, acting affinities uh, with all of your uh, uh, co-worker and the rest of the cast that creates a very unique and singular energy. You hope. <laughs> you definitely hope for that. Um, you don't always get that, but uh, but you definitely hope that we all have the same affinity and, and belief in the project when we go into it. And we hope for the best and, and believe in it and want the best for it. And We just put ourselves out there and, and make try to make a great project. Ergy Midi, thank you very much. Hey, thank you, man. It was great talking with you.